tonight's entertainment is being brought to you by a complex system of microchips, transistors, diodes, and little valves that go pop. It's taken hours to organize, set up and arrange, and requires miles upon miles of cables, kilowatts and kilowatts of sound and lighting. It's insured by Lloyd's of London and has been rehearsed again and again so that you only see absolute perfection. It's being brought to you by... Oh, I can't be bothered. Tonight's entertainment... It's damn good. Hello, sim racing fans and racing fans out there. It is Al Smith here in the pits. Tonight we're joined by special guest K.R. Stolfus and the most recent winner in the Upstate Racing League's Ver Fueled by Verge Late Model Pro Series, Cody McCauley. How are you guys doing tonight? Well, Al, I'm doing just fine here. Uh, fully recovered after the amazing race last night at Milwaukee, but... Uh, my job was pretty easy to recover from. Oh man, we're still recovering from celebrating from from Thursday night. I mean, it just it, it was really cool to win in a big racetrack like that. It uh, second second race of the season, inaugural event at the Milwaukee Mile uh, in the books, and uh, I wasn't really sure what to expect there, other than um, you know potentially. A shit show, uh, I guess. Uh, after how Iowa kind of went in my in my eyes, I guess I'm a little bit more critical on it than probably should be. But overall, pretty good race last night. Uh, we had 36 cars in server. A few guys that couldn't make it in uh, that put in provisionals. So another you know around 40 car turnout uh, between provisionals and who was in server last night. So pretty. Pretty stoked about the first two weeks or that are in the books, and uh, uh, the racing's been been pretty intense. I think the, with the heat races and the LCQ and guys getting sent home, I I think it's really uh, put everybody on the edge of their seat, especially with the random heat races. Well, I'll tell you, this uh, this new car really has changed the dynamic of what Upstate Racing League can do uh going to milwaukee would have never been something you would have tried to do uh last season but here we are at milwaukee and you have a incredibly full field uh most leagues are dying to have the car count to send people home and six people went home last night a tough break for them everyone really is of a high caliber driver but Again, that's racing. Not everybody can win the race. Not everybody can make the main event. No, and as you know, from my my standpoint, I'm a driver as well inside the league. Uh, I don't want to send anybody home, but there's a point where it becomes what is too much, and especially when the track's coming up. Like we we we're gonna get into the meat and potatoes of our series coming up after the Thanksgiving break, and you know. I, we're the field's going to be a, a 26 car field so we're we're going to send even more potentially more cars home depending on, on how many show up um but you know and it's you're not guaranteed i mean cody is you know one last night but there is a slight chance that he could miss the show at irwindale like nobody is safe until you get to the chase um you know so i think that really makes it everybody amped up a little bit more or on the edge of the seat and uh 
you know, we got the first week in the books at Iowa, and you know, I thought the heat races were 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 exciting. Uh, I think it was Heat too with uh, Justin McDuff and uh, Joe Schaefer Jr., where McDuff put it up on the outside and scraped the wall and, and got the win at the at the line, and you know that was exciting to watch. I think I watched that heat race like six or seven times, and you're up in the booth and you get to see all the action and all that. Is uh, myself and Cody are in the cars along with you know our normal characters here, AJ Hamble, and um, so far I think it's been a good move moving from the late model to the super late model. Um, just the more power has opened up for us to be able to go to tracks like Milwaukee. We're going to go to Phoenix for the first time in the chase, you know, some of the bigger tracks, which would have been doable in the late model stock car, but I don't know how the racing would have been or if it would have been and enjoyable because just the speed difference, like the super late model's got so much more power and it just yanks you down the straightaway. Yeah, the it, it is a difficult car to drive. Um, it must not be too difficult for our two rookies, Bill Martin and Cody McCauley, who have ended up in victory lane. And Cody, what can you tell us about the Milwaukee race that? We didn't get to talk about in the uh, interview because it was muted. I blame Al. <laughs> and, uh, I tell you, when we first went there for the, the preseason race, I was like, what the heck are we doing at Milwaukee? Like NASCAR even said, eh, I don't think we're going to race there anymore. But, uh, you know, I, I'd be darned. That, that turned out to be a really good racetrack. And I think a lot of that has to do with the, the tire compound that the super late model sees now. Um, last night over the, over the rounds of practice, the heat races and everything we had going on the LCQ, so many cars, it laid down a ton of rubber. And because guys were so racy, a lot of side-by-side -side action, it really made that second lane come in. Um, I, I used it early. We, uh, we got in a little bit of a pinch there, like the first lap. Uh, I think somebody drove in a little too deep, got in the back of us. We were, God bless it, somehow able to save it. I, I was looking dead at the inside wall and I was like, oh, this is going to be bad. We were able to wrap back up, fell back two or three spots, and I got hung on the outside of Brian Hacker. And I'm like, well, I need to just fall behind Brian and see how it goes. Well, we rolled off into turn one, and I was like, I drove in way too deep. There's no way this is going to stick. And it cut the center and turned down, and me and Brian just barely touched doors, and I was able to drive off the corner from him. I was like, oh, that might be something to keep in mind later in the race. And then driving up through the field, racing with those guys on the restarts, Justin Fuller, Brandon Oda, they both did it really, really well, was working the outside line. Um, I was really surprised how how well the tire kept up with the racetrack. Um, in previous seasons on iRacing with the super late model car, once you get about 30 laps on a set of tires, man, that thing pushes and slides around and just it drives awful. You're thinking, what well, this is horrible. But last night, it really seemed like you could move around, find some grip. Um, I know a lot of us were going down on that little cushion on the inside of the little bumpers trying to get the cars to turn on the bottom so we can get hooked up. And the second you got the car turned, you had all this speed, all this grip. But then when you came off the corner, you had so much wheel input in the car trying to get it to make sure it was set in the center that it would want to get out from underneath you a little bit. It wasn't bad. It was manageable. But, you know, if you guys go watch the in-car camera and the... And the broadcast, everybody coming off the corners was their steering wheel was about dead straight, and they were still turning left. Um, so it it, it makes for a a, dip, a different atmosphere. Whenever cars a little bit freer off the corner, it gives that guy in the second lane if he can find a little bit of grip to really focus on that momentum and drive off because he's got a straighter shot. 
Yeah, I, I found uh, when the clouds weren't over the track last night, it got it was more of that freeness off up off the corner, which I think opened up a lot of passing. And and on a couple of restarts, I made the outside work for a lap or two. It's not something that you could run the whole the whole race on, um, but it was definitely there. And uh, you know, we had thirty cars take the green flag. I think we had six yellows. And a lot of the yellows, you know, were just uh, uh, an error or whatnot. Like, uh, I think the biggest wreck, uh, Bill's going to be mad at me, but uh, with Bill Beseller, he got he just got loose up off that corner like we're talking about, and he clipped A.J. Rogers, and I think that was the biggest wreck of the night. And uh, But, you know, everybody did a great job, whether it was through the, the heat races, the LCQ, uh, you know, last night at Milwaukee, I, I was really impressed, and uh, you know, I didn't get, I didn't get to finish the race. I think that's my first DNF in like two seasons, but uh, you know, it is what it is. Part of racing, right? That is absolutely part of racing. You know, uh, you could be the fastest car, you could be leading the race, be trying to work your way around a lap car, and that lap car all of a sudden could snap loose. And there goes your race if you get collected up in it. So it's been it's been an enjoyable start to the season. Now we're headed into Thanksgiving, and uh, you know, like you said, Bill Martin, um, you know, very 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 clean. He started, uh, I think it was sixth or seventh last night drove up to third zero incident points uh cody's got four from i think just that contact early in the race and i was probably towards the mid pack when that happened cody and i saw the smoke i saw the grass and i was like this is gonna be big so i, I like checked up and then somehow y'all kind of saved it and we kept on going we in that first opening run there was amazing and like i didn't realize it till i watched the broadcast you know, the top four, top five guys were side by side until contact between the, the two and the 51 brought out our first yellow. And, uh, I, you know, the two car super fast, you know, he went all the way to the back and recovered and uh, he ended up finishing inside the top 10. I think KR, he was one spot shy of what you said he was going to finish. Yeah, I, I, I thought for sure he'd get into the top five, ended up in sixth. It was an amazing little feat, though, still. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, so it's only two races in, so a lot, a lot of racing left to go, eight races left uh, in the regular season. Um, so a lot, a lot can happen. Like, you know, a lot, of, a lot of positions changed last night in points just based on how people ran or in, and finished last night. So... Um, it's, it's been, it's been good so far, but you know, KR and Cody are, are our guests here tonight and, uh, Cody first season on the asphalt with us, but our 2019, uh, dirt series champion, on uh, looking, you know, looking pretty good so far in the season. Uh, any tracks that are coming up, Cody, that you kind of are worried about or, you know, that you could see potentially being difficult for yourself? I, I, we got the the one really question mark for me out of the way was Iowa. Um, I've raced there a lot in the Xfinity car in the truck. I've run a couple cup races there, and I've I've, I've fared okay. 
Um, that was actually one reason why when I was at Iowa, I stayed so so set on running the top line is because in all my previous races there, it's just been you can run the bottom for five laps, but then the first person to the top is going to win the race. So in practice, I saw, well, I'm running pretty good times running up top. If I just stay up here, the race truck will come to me. This should be an easy win because I'm going to have way more laps in than everybody else's. I'll be ready for it. It it seems like to me with the super late model cars, with the class of drivers that we have, the first person to get up front really has a a lot better chance of winning the race because they control the field. These these cars almost remind me of like cup racing nowadays because once you get spread out, you're so everybody's just the same. You're all running the same setup. We've all got identical cars. It's really on the driver. And there's probably, my goodness, 20 of us who are really, really good lap in, lap out. So if you can go ahead, get up front, get the good run, get track position, nine times out of ten, you're going to be in the top three by the end of the night. Um, you know, we saw that from Bill Martin in Iowa. He started up front and he stayed up front. I, I, I tried everything I could do to figure out his restarts. He just he kept getting better restarts. Um, same thing with me yesterday at Milwaukee. I, I, I said, I said, the second I get a chance, I got to go for the lead because I, I knew I could control the race if I got the lead. And even being in the lead, it actually costed me because once I got out from behind another car, I lost a lot of that downforce that was on the car, and it made me really, really tight through center. So I kept having to change my line and try to figure out, all right, if I, if I enter a little bit lower, enter a little bit higher, will it help me cut center and get off the corner? And I was focusing so much on how to enter the corner and how to get off the corner that the two guys behind me were killing me through the center. And so then I kind of had to back up. I, I think I moved my line around three or four times before I find something that, that really flowed, and it was it, it was still just a matter of time. I mean, Justin, he was quick. He was right on my tail. I, you know, there for the like last 20 laps, I think he was he was beating my back bumper down, just, just waiting for me to make a mistake. Um. Truth be told, had we not got that late race caution, you uh, you might be talking to a different person right now. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, it was it was good to see. I, what I was really worried about with Milwaukee was one guy getting up front and then just walking away and it not being a good race up front. And you know. KR, I think I think you, Kelly, and uh, Jay Z did a great job with the coverage last night. Not only covering the battle up front, but the battles throughout the whole field. Because I mean, Cody, what you don't know is from in, from you know fifteenth on back, we it was awesome racing. You know, it's it's like all right, this guy makes a mistake. You got it. You got to pounce, try to make get up there. And then like it, when I was still in the race. I was like trying to figure out what position I was just because I'm like, if that yellow comes out, I don't want to be trapped on that outside because it's, you know, it's no man's land up there after a few laps. And it's so hard to get, get down unless someone really makes a mistake. So I was happy, you know, even with our, our, our long runs that we had is that I don't think the leader really got that far out in front. And I think that's a product of, you know, the track, the weather, uh, and the car, and just like you said, the caliber of drivers that we have. Um, you know, I look at the results from last night, and I think there's 25 drivers out of the 30 that, depending on where they started, have a really good shot of of being in your spot of winning the race. So, uh, two races in, and two different winners, both considered rookies in 
air quotes because obviously you guys are not rookies to to racing or the super late model. I know Bill uh, Martins has had a ton of laps in there racing over um, at the Sim Auto Racing Association, and uh, I know you've ran a little bit of asphalt. But uh, Cody, what, what's mainly your background? I, I know I know that you've ran you know some stuff in real life. Why don't you tell some of the guys listening you know about about your background and and, and uh, how you're involved with racing outside of the sim. Well, I grew up racing go-karts when I was a kid. And then, um, I guess I, we raced go-karts for probably three or four years, won a couple state championships, made it to the national level. Um, never got a national championship, come really close a couple of times. And then kind of got to the point where go-kart racing was dying out in Alabama. And me and my dad decided that we were going to try to build a street stock and go racing at a local track, Montgomery Motor Speedway. So we went out, I think we ran, I want to say it was seven races, and of the seven, we won five. The two that we didn't win, we got wrecked out of. Um, And then quickly realized that I was probably going to race street stocks the rest of my life because we didn't have enough money to fund me a late model. So I decided to try something different, see if I couldn't make a living uh, doing what I loved, and I went to Mooresville, North Carolina, and attended NASCAR Technical Institute. Um. Did that for a long time, picked up small jobs with just different teams, dirt cars, asphalt cars, um, never really hit anything big, so decided to move back, and when I got back, I just started crew chiefing for late models and worked on a couple street stocks on the side and driving when I can. I think the last time I drove a car was probably a street stock at Five Flags seven, eight months ago, something like that. And uh, looking now at hopefully next year, trying to run a couple late model rides and see if I can't get back in the seat somewhere like Pensacola or Mobile. Nice. That that's uh, that's pretty cool. So when we go to Five Flags, since you've been there in a real car, how 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 close or how how well is that done? Obviously, you're not gonna we don't get that the sensation of being in the seat while we're racing in, in the sim, but the, the between with the way iRacing builds their tracks. How what's the grade that you'd give them on, on doing like five flags? I'd give them ten out of ten. I mean, when I got the phone call that said, "Hey, you know, why don't you come and drive this car? We're gonna go run at Pensacola at Five Flags." I said, "Sweet, I'll be ready." And uh, I probably spent the next two weeks doing nothing but my spare time just running laps in a street stock on iRacing. And when I got out. Got out on the racetrack. I think we ran two warm-up laps and then busted off a hot lap, and we were like second on the board. So uh, when when you can take somebody who's never run on a racetrack, give them two weeks to prepare on a sim, and then they're going to bust off the second fastest lap time in a car they've never drove before. I mean, you got to say that's pretty close. Yeah, just the visual has to help with that, you know, and uh, and whatnot. So that, that's pretty cool, and we wish you. Wish you luck and keep us posted on that, and we'll we'll keep tabs on on all that. And now you're not the only one that's in here that that races. Kr races uh, are the micro sprints or I call them mini sprints. That's what I'm used to. They're the you know motorcycle. What's what's the engine? Kr you? It's yeah, it's a 600 cc mini sprint, micro sprint. They they're kind of interchangeable words. So he does that. He picked up a big win uh, this year, and looking forward to to next season. So, uh, but yeah. So and then I'm building an enduro car because why not? And 
if I crash, I get left out on the track and hopefully no one runs into me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yeah. <laughs> you 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 all see how I race on the sim, so it's inevitable that I will crash. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure I want to be in any race in real life that you're in. Oh, come on now, that'd be fun. I wouldn't oh, say sure. that. I'd put out on a demolition derby any day of the week. That's true. But that's not much of a race. That's that's just a survival mechanism. I mean, I think that's how he races late models, isn't it? Well, that's how he races anything. <laughs> Especially on the dirt. Oh. No, listen. I got to do uh, the broadcast last season for the first time for Upstate Racing League. And it included doing the dirt races. Al was so terrible at dirt. I'm pretty sure he almost crashed the pace truck. If iRacing didn't let me drive through the pace truck, I probably would have. It, uh, it's just some people have certain knacks, Al. You're really good at going fast to the crash. Yep. I proved that last night at Milwaukee. But, you know, all kidding aside, uh, Al, uh, you, you take you take the uh, the pokes... With a, a wonderful grain of salt, you're a uh, wonderful. Uh, oh, easy you're now. just easy to make fun of, and it's so fun, <laughs> and, and you just roll with it. Hey, well, you, you know, you gotta, you gotta be that way, cause like everybody knows, you're uh, no, no one's perfect. So you know, like we, we had a rough night last night. That was last night. We move on to the next one, you know, and uh, like I know at at some point. And I don't wish any ill on on anybody that's that's racing or whatnot, but someone that's a front runner is going to be in the position that I was in last night, and that's just part of racing, you know. If it happens, it you know it's it sucks. Like I, I'm not going to lie, I, I was a little upset after I was like after that accident, and then and then I was just overdriving, and then I took out uh, John the eight car there. Um, I don't want to butcher his name. Olat, I think is how Owlet. you pronounce Olat. Uh, yes, you know, so I took and I cleaned his clock after I came off the wall, and I was more mad that I affected his race more than I wrecked myself. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, he, I like, he get up over the radio when it happened. He's like, "I think the league owner just knocked me out of this race," and I'm like. <laughs> Are you sure? He's like, yeah. Isn't that Al Smith? And I was like, oh yeah. He's like, yeah. He just clobbered the wall right in front of me. Yeah, and I felt, I felt bad. Um, he was already pretty tore up. He was just trying to survive. Yeah. So I think he, he, I think he survived a little bit better than I did. Uh, uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's fun. The the best thing about i racing is I don't have to spend the next week and a half clipping the car, spending money that I don't have to be ready to go for the next one because when we load up at Irwindale, I'll have a brand new piece that'll hopefully be, be pretty bad fast and we can go, you know, go from there. So, but yeah, I don't know. Now we're going to get into what I feel is, you know, the, the meat and potatoes of the season, you know, Irwindale is still a bigger track, but like we go from Irwindale to the bull ring, um, you know, and I I really like the, the short tracks, and I think the racing should be should be fairly fairly good coming up. Um, you know, and I'm 
hopefully we'll we'll be able to rebound and get it back inside that chase top 10 there if not we're going to run for the best of the rest well all i can say is y'all just better be glad i'm not out there you thought out crashed quick i'll tell you what i can put this car into space yeah, the first race KR ran in the super late model with our uh, friends over at Racing for a Cause. KR got to the corner, and I think he was looking for the sand trap at the end of the drag strip because he <laughs> he didn't lift and he never turned. So, and he goes, I go, KR, that's not how you drive that thing. He goes, oh, well, no one told me that. Well, you know, I, I came, uh, the, the dirt sprint car here on iRacing, you never lift. Uh, you just you just throw it up on the cushion and and rip the lip and have a good time up there. That's all I was trying to do. It just no one told me we were on asphalt. I guess you figured it out when you hit the fence, right? Well, I, I I'm not sure because it, that season <laughs> running with racing for a cause, uh, I really struggled in it. Like I was back of the pack. Finally, someone pulled me off to the side and they said, "Hey, man." drive it like the pavement sprint car and uh i spent many seasons i racing seasons in the pavement sprint car next thing you know i'm on the podium and i ended up winning a race in that uh in that league well that's because you wrecked everybody listen al we're not getting into the <laughs> details here okay oh. oh all right i'm sorry a win is a win yeah <laughs> i'm the one that got the trophy all right that's all that matters well, no one talks to me anymore, but I got the trophy. I'm contracted uh, to talk to you, so. Yeah, I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cody put up, put me up to that, by the way. I'll come clean on that one. Cody goes, it'd be really funny if someone said that. I said, well, I'll do it when KR interviews me during media night that we had. <laughs> that was the first thing I said, and I listened back to that. I laughed so hard. I probably... Uh, Great moment. And that is another really cool thing that the Upstate Racing League does. So during the broadcast, it is very hard for me to include everyone in what I would say an equal share. All right. We can't cover every single thing that happens out there, but I really try very hard to capture the essence of what's going on from front to back. And a lot of times we'll see some really awesome racing at the front. And that's where a lot of people want to know what's going on. The guy who's leading the race, if there's a three-car battle, four-car battle, or even a two-car battle, you kind of got to stick there. But at the same time, you might see three, four, five, six, seven, eight cars all jockeying down the backstretch for one position. So I, I try very hard to bring in everything during a race, but you can't do it all the time. The Upstate Racing League Media Night is an awesome opportunity to get to talk to all of the drivers showcase their hard work for the paint schemes a lot of drivers do their own paint schemes some of them pick up paint schemes by other artists but those artists worked hard they want the recognition and so that media night is a very cool way to do it cody as a driver and being this was our second year doing it did what was what was your thoughts on media night other than it was a good practice night to get ready you know for our opening race at Iowa um I thought it was pretty cool I think KR I think I came to the, to you that last 
last year and said, hey, what do you think about doing something like this? Just so that way you get to know the drivers, the drivers, you know, because we only we can only get to so many drivers at, at an interview at the end of the, at the end of a race or during a race. So it just gives you a little bit more time with the drivers. I thought it was something cool and the drivers seemed to like it. But just curious, Cody, it was your first time with us and go through that process. What What did you think of that night? I thought it was really neat. Um, sponsors love it. I mean, you know, Scott loved the recognition. I was able to get him. Uh, Mr. Tim Pruitt, he sponsored me. He's been sponsoring my cars for good God knows how long. Uh, he, he was all about it. He was listening. He's like, man, this is this is awesome. I like this league. He, he likes what we have going on. Um, it, it was cool for me to get to listen to everybody talk, kind of get, you know, you can almost you can almost kind of tell how folks are going to drive based on how they talk. Um, you know, you can usually tell how guys carry themselves on iRacing as to how aggressive they're going to be when they'll let you go this, that, and the other. Um, so it, it was neat. Uh, I enjoyed it. It was like I said, it was awesome practice and it was really good recognition for the sponsors. Yeah. The, um, the media night is really just trying to get all the drivers involved. I, I do multiple leagues throughout the week and I always bring up, hey, I've been doing this media night with Upstate Racing League. How do you guys feel about doing something like this? And I get, they, they hem-haw around it. And I'm like, oh, you guys don't understand. This is a great opportunity to shine some light on some of the drivers who have never been interviewed. Because, like you're saying, Al, there's only so much time to interview a driver. We may never get to talk to some of these people that are out here on a weekly basis. Yeah. And that's kind of, you know, my goal, especially in this lets, it's kind of my goal with, with, with this too, is I wanted to have a different driver on every week. So we get to know, you know, like Cody's story, all right, he's raced in real life. Then this is what he's done. This is, you know, that kind of stuff. And, uh, just another outlet for our racers to, to get exposure and their sponsors, because as we all know, whether it's sim racing, real life, or or whatever, none of this is possible without our sponsors. You know, and we have great partners at the Upstate Racing League. Uh, you know, a ton of them, and I gotta thank them as much as I can. And you know, we do that with the broadcast and and all that. But you know, at the at the end of the day, the league doesn't happen without the racers. And it, for for me. I I probably say thank you to the racers way more than I need to, um, but I I think it is necessary from from my seat because I appreciate that we have forty plus two plus guys that want to race in something that that we've put together um, as a promoter of the of a series. I think that is the best thank you that we can get is that the racers understand how much work goes into like they don't have to understand it but i think they see it and then appreciate it and um you know so when when we have rough races you know it makes me feel bad because i feel like all right what am i doing wrong why why is this being rough um like i probably overanalyzed the last chance qualifier at iowa this week's last chance qualifier at milwaukee had i think one yellow um, you know, and that was just how it goes. And I know every track is going to be different and have different, um, difficulties or different issues or whatnot. Um, 
but you know, that's just I don't know. I just I like I like doing this, and I like putting on the best show and trying to be the fairest I can be for the racers. You know, not everybody's going to agree with a call. Um, you know, so, but it just it is what it is, I guess. And at some point, you know, call gets made against me, and I'm going to have to live with it, even though I'm the league owner. You know, like I just. When we race, you're a number. I don't care if you're my best friend or my worst enemy. You are a number on the racetrack. And that's how I think a league should be ran. I, I don't think, you know, that there should be some kind of favoritism or whatnot and whatever. And I, it's a slippery slope because you, you really do become friends with everybody, you know, that, that at least wants to be your friend or at least talk to you whatnot, you know, so... It's a slippery slope, but a lot of work, a lot of stuff behind the scenes. Like everybody's like, "Oh, we wish you ran more than one race, one one season." But you know, it takes five, six months to get everything prepped and ready to go to make what I what I think is a, a good series. I think there's room for improvement, and I think if I ever think that there that there is no room for improvement, I think that's probably the time that you know I need to hang it up. Well, I'll tell you, you know, it is five to six months of preparation. And then it's 16 solid weeks, probably 17, 18 if you count the off weeks. But it is when the green flag drops on the first race of the season, uh, you are hammered down on the league. That is it. That is like your sole focus. And it's really awesome to work with someone who is all about their league and you can tell you're very passionate about it. And I do hope the drivers see that and, and enjoy this place to come and race. That's your cue, Cody. Maybe, <laughs> maybe get some brownie points. I, I can tell you, honestly, it, it's a, uh, it's very hard nowadays to find a good lead to get into. Um, let alone have one that is getting 35 plus cars every week. When uh, I know Al, just just from his personality a little bit, I've gotten to know him. I know he cannot stand whenever uh, drivers have to go home and they don't get to race that night. But, man, it's a big deal. I mean, it, it, you talk about a whole new level of competition when you go from running, you know, a, a league where all right, we're going to have 12 cars and, you know, we're, we're going to have a good time, probably end up six, seven of us, you know, finishing the race, so a couple of them wreck out to, you know, Man, I, I've got to I got to be on my P's and Q's in this heat race just to make the feature. Like Al said earlier, you know, we've had a second-place finish, a first-place finish so far this season, and we might show up to Irwindale and something stupid happen in a heat race and find ourselves in a last-chance qualifier. Um, it would suck, but, it, it's you know, it might happen. Um, it's just it's the nature of the format, and and that adds a little extra to it. It, it to me it makes drivers think about okay I need to take care of my car. Yeah I'm sitting second and I got a shot to win this heat race, but what is winning this heat race really going to do for me? You know, vice versa. There's some guys out there that say every time I get on the racetrack I got to win. Sometimes I have that attitude and it gets the best of my front or rear bumper, but you know I mean if if you're on a racetrack you're there to win. So. I think overall what Al's got going on is great. He does an awesome job running this league. This is one of the best run leagues I've seen in a very long time. Um, I've only been in one other league where the owner of the league actually raced. And it got to where he started playing favorites. You know, it got to where some guys may have had an unfair advantage. Or if, if somebody may have got into somebody, it 
you know, oh, well, we'll turn the cheek because that's my buddy, and that is not how Al runs this at all. You know, I, I think Al's penalized himself more than he has other drivers this season so far. So, <laughs> well, I've caused more accidents than anybody else this season. I wasn't going to say that. But. <laughs> well, I, I will. <laughs> you don't have to. It's right there on the home page of the UpstateRacingLeague.com. If you guys haven't done so, you can follow along what's going on with the Upstate Racing League. But because the league has its own webpage, not many leagues have their own webpage. You know, everyone uses Discord or TeamSpeak, Facebook or whatnot. But uh, Al has his own webpage for the league, and uh, I can't there's take not a all lot the of credit for that. No, absolutely not. And I don't want to sell anyone short that works on it. But you know, I can't recall the last time I saw a league that had its own website. It's yeah. I mean, I want a place where everybody can go get the information that they need to get, especially this year. Uh, you know, we're doing our Thursdays forecast, and what I did to get the forecast is I went through uh, AccuWeather or Weather Underground, and hey, I went up. I went to those cities that the racetracks are in or near, and got the historical data you know for 2019 so when we ran milwaukee on thursday night his the average for that day was 65 and that's why the temperature was 65 so i mean there's little things like that that you know it's just not made up out of thin air so um it's kind of do that and make it available on the, on the website. We have, you know, we try to make everything accessible. So that way, guys, you know, if you have a question during the middle of the week, Cody, you can go to the website and hopefully get that answer before having to reach out to someone. You know, sometimes it's easier just to reach out. But we try to make it as easy as possible for you as a driver to, um, you know, get the information right right from our website, you know. Absolutely. It's it's really cool because it's so user-friendly. Like, if there's any information you need to know, it's right there. Um, and, you know, talking about, going back a little bit, talking about the different weathers and stuff, having that weather to go off of is so, so helpful when you try to practice for these races. Because had we ran Milwaukee last night at 102 degrees instead of 65, you want to talk about a racetrack that would have been a 100% different. I mean, we, we might as well have been running dirt cars at a racetrack than that hot. That I mean, be 65 degrees and us still sliding around like we were, it, it's it's insane. So it helps to have that information readily available so that we can prepare for the next race. Yeah, and, and that's kind of what I want to do, you know, is I want to be able to take and make it. So if if you get up on, usually Saturdays we get the website updated and whatnot. So Saturday, and then we'll send out our information on what we're going to do with the setups and whatnot to, to the drivers and say, Hey, this week we're going to change, you know, we're putting 22 gallons in the set and we're going to go with it, or we're going to put fuel in it and we're changing the gear to whatever, you know, that way guys can go and practice in somewhat race conditions. Uh, you know, you're never going to have that track that'll be the same as what you're going to have on race night because we start to track out at 0%. The rubber gets laid down. It's the rubber from everybody running the lines that they're running that night. So iRacing predetermined stuff, it gets you closer. It at least gets you a general feel. But 
that's I want it to be where guys don't have to rely on a league practice or just a one hour practice before heat races to get a feel for what we're going to be racing on. Um, you know, I know a big variable that's coming up that I'm a little bit concerned or worried about is the super late model is rumored to be getting the new version tire. And I know with that version, you can blow tires. You, you know, there's things with that tire version that are really unknowns. I don't know how that's really going to affect what we have going on. And I think right now the cars drive really good, very competitive. So it's just a big unknown. I guess the whole league's going to have to go through, but you know, just kind of just things that try to be as transparent as possible, you know, with everybody. So that way everybody knows what's going on. Well, I speaking what... on that, Al, I actually have a couple questions for you. Sure. From an, I guess it's just two questions kind of put into one, but from an owner's standpoint, I know that you're focused and working on what's going on with the league right now. But one, where do you see the league going in the future? And two, with your current points package, do you see taking the league to like a playoff type deal? Um, the playoff, I no, I think the chase. I like the chase format. I, to me, the taken have. I'm not a big fan of the NASCAR style playoffs right now. I, I don't here, think here. I'll I'll crack one to that. <laughs> yeah. So I I don't know the taken say eliminate people and then get down to say four cars going at the last race and then whoever finishes highest, um, you know. What happens if you're a final four and we go to New Smyrna and that's your worst track? You're already eliminated pretty much from winning a championship outside someone having bad, bad. So, you know, in a way, it's not a full season championship run, but with resetting the top 10 after 10 races, we have this year, it's going to be six full races. So you still have to run well in those last five races or the last, you know, six races to become the points champion, but it kind of just re like closes everybody up and puts you back on there. Um, you know, next season's our, our 10th season. And I've always said, if I can make it to 10 seasons, the 10th season is going to be huge for the drivers. Um, and to tell you that I'm not already working on the 10th season and we're only two races in, to our asphalt season and I got dirt series that's coming up starting uh in March or April. Um just waiting to nail down some dates with uh with Mr. KR uh on that. Um you know, but the tenth season I'm I want it to be very special for the drivers is you know I feel like a, a series that makes it to its tenth season and it didn't take us ten years to get ten seasons. Now we only run like like as you know we run our one asphalt series once a year so but i would say it's taken us the last five or six years to get to our 10th season the first couple of seasons we ran two series um but then you know between broadcast fees and drivers and a lot of our drivers do sponsor stuff in the league so to me i don't want to just continue to be like hey i need we need money to keep this thing going so i think one once one big series a year and i think it kind of makes it feel special like i from where i standpoint i don't think what we do is anything special i'm glad that the drivers 
like and KR likes what we do and you know and people want to race here that makes it's very humbling for me and I know it is for you know AJ and Justin who put in a ton of time they do pretty much 99% of our website stuff so everything you see on the website is either been created by AJ Hamill or Justin McDuff so there's a lot of like they do a lot of stuff behind the scenes for us and um you know, with the website. So all the website stuff, they can take the full credit on that. I kind of tell them, Hey, this is what I would like to see. And they make it happen. So, um, and sometimes they tell me that I'm nuts and that's not going to happen. And I say, okay, I didn't think it, it was a possibility, but figured I'd ask. And, uh, but yeah, so I can't let too much out of the, the, the hat right now for next season. Um, to tell you that, once we get through the 10th season, I don't, I don't really know. I've always wanted to get the league to be on TV. Um, and I was, I'm not, I wasn't sour, but I, it took, a, it was kind of a gut check or whatever when the peak series made it to TV. Cause I wanted to be like the first person and I imagine I'm probably not the only person I wanted to do that, but unfortunately my pockets, they only go so deep and it's expensive to get stuff on TV and I've checked into it. Don't get me wrong, but, um, I would love, I would love for our guys in our league, you know, to get some kind of recognition, whether it's just regional or, or something like that. I, th- I think that's ultimately where I'd like to see it go. And I think esports is in, in especially e-racing is, you know, on the up and up. So I, I don't think it's out of the possibility realm, but you know, for, for what we have and what we do, I think it's, you know, it's something that I'll always strive for. And until that happens, I, I think that'll be something that, that bugs me and, and keeps me driving towards it and making it the best as it can for you drivers. You know, I, I want you guys to show up and have fun. And I know I'm not, only one guy ultimately has fun and that's whoever pulls in the victory lane. But at the end of the night, if whoever finishes 25th can say, Hey man, that was a great race. That was fun racing back here. That that's what I look for, you know? Well, it's, uh, it, it, it may not be TV, but at least you're on the internet. Yeah. And, and like, I think that's so cool. I drive KR nuts as, as I don't know if he would admit to it or not. I, I mean, Hey, can you show me how to like, uh, record video? I don't have a clue how to record video. And he's like, Hey, just download this thing, which I haven't downloaded yet. So, there, <laughs> um, so, you know, it's just, it's things like that. Like what KR does, I think is amazing. Like, I, I don't know if I would ever even be able to do that. And I used to be in TV. A lot of people, I, I used to be a producer for TV and I had a, an online go-kart racing show, uh, that I did for two years. And, you know, like everything else it just money takes over and it, it was hard to, to keep that going without, you know, affecting personal finances and stuff like that. And we had great partners that, that helped out with the show and had a really, really strong following, uh, you know, with that. And it's, um, I wish I could still do that. I really enjoyed it, but I really enjoy doing this side of things too. And, um, maybe one day I'll get a chance to actually promote, you know, a real life series or real life race at some point. But until then I, I really do enjoy this and enjoy getting to meet everybody. I think it's really cool that, we have 
a lot of states and in, in you know a few Canadian providence uh, represented in the league. It just speaks you know to what we have going on, and and I'm glad I hopefully we're doing everything uh, the right way. You know, and everybody's right way is is probably different or different opinions on things. I know I've I've had some differing opinions on on some things that you know how things should be ran or what we should be doing and stuff like that. And uh so hopefully we'll get through this season and take a look at it and uh make season ten bigger and better. Yeah uh Cody uh we, we kinda have you in here as as a rookie of sorts uh, to the Upstate Racing League, um, and, and I just got to ask. Earlier, you mentioned the competition level here at the Upstate Racing League with the Super Late Model, and, and how difficult it is. But I'm beginning to wonder if it's uh, really difficult or not because two rookies have won the first two races. <laughs> yeah, well, <clears throat> you know something that uh, you know something that. I think everybody either knows or doesn't know is you know one bill martin's probably the farthest thing from a rookie in these cars that has ever been said i mean that dude i know he runs a lot with time majeski he wins a ton of races over at sarah he, he has won some huge high racing races um that that guy's the real deal um myself I, i've played in these cars uh this was a car that i think back in like 2016 17 we ran a ton like I, I actually had the privilege of running the official series and ended up winning a season three championship 2016. So this is, you know, not my first time hopping in it and God knows it's not Bill's first time hopping in it. Um, so it just, you know, we, we've got experience in it. It's just our first time around these guys. So it's a little bit different, but you know, don't, don't, don't knock the regulars, you know, Justin Fuller. I know he hadn't raced in a while with this league, but man, look at him last race. He was beating on my back bumper and i think one other person that i really i really anticipate seeing up front he just he has crap i guess it's two people it's just crap luck keeps biting him is you know scott austin's gonna get up front he's gonna run really well he uh he's a really talented driver he has spent a ton of time in super late models he's i'm I'm telling you when when me and scott first met he couldn't hardly get out of his way in one of these things and and now he just he can run side by side two inches off of you and, and you're comfortable with it. But the other person's Brian Hacker. You know, Hacker has had crap luck with bad internet or power going out or whatever it is. And he is a really, really fast race car driver. Um, you know, we saw guys like Brandon Odo. You know, he's super, super fast. And, and you know, Marinick, my goodness, that dude's going to win probably two or three races this season. He drove from dead last back almost into the top five last night, as, as even as all of us were. So, Yes, we're rookies, but I think a lot of it is we were in the right place at the right time. Um, you know, Bill's kept his nose clean. He led every lap at Iowa. We couldn't do nothing with him. And I got a sneaky feeling that's not going to be the last time that he leads every single lap of the race because that dude is bad fast. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't knocking anything other than the fact that you guys are new to the league. I mean, clearly, uh, this car does take a certain sort of finesse. It's not a car you can just jump into uh, at random and, and be good at. No, it's definitely a different skill level. It it takes a lot of patience, and I think that's the hardest thing. That's the biggest thing for me is when I run dirt, 
you know, when you get in a dirt car, kind of like what you said earlier with a, a sprint car on dirt, you're wide open all the time. You're turning every lap as hard as you can. And it seems like in these cars, you know, I find myself being like, all right, you're 15 laps into a run. What's your right front tire like? Is it destroyed? Is it decent? What do you got? You know what I'm saying? We're in a dirt car. It's just like, well, cushions up top. Let's, let's, let's rip the lip. So it's a little bit different, but I think as we go throughout the season, we're going to see probably five, six, maybe even seven different winners in a really, really close battle for the championship. That will be exciting. It'll probably make Al very happy uh, if he could find a way to victory lane. Of course, Al knows where victory lane is. He just can't be the one that gets to uh, sit there and celebrate. I, I prep it every every race night, so I know where it is. It's just... Uh... When one of these days, hopefully the old '96 will will make the turn in there. But um, I mean, two races, two different winners. Um, you know, the heat races. I think you know with a random draw. You know that that's a big a big piece of it. You know, and th- but at the same time, you know, guys, you are able to. The heat races are long enough where where the guys should be able to at least you know, race clean and not be a wreck fest. And I think the if you race clean in the heat races, it opens up more passing opportunities. And, you know, and I think like the code, what Cody just said, some of the dirt mentality, I think helps out in the heat races because you have to go. But also I think the veterans like Justin McDuff, Chris Stump, uh, Marinek, Fuller, you know, some of these guys that you guys have been talking about, those guys had to have when we started all we had was asphalt so we have that mentality of okay it's not going to happen in one lap but in five laps after this guy blows his tires away we're going to be able to get by him so i think there's i think as the season goes on i think everybody's mentality will kind of merge and then i think it'll be be really good i i really think this this season um as far as i'm concerned i think from first place all the way to the LCQ, the guys that don't make the show. I think this is the deepest talent pool that we've had. So I think just making the race is a huge deal. Um, and regardless of where, where you finish or whatnot, I think at the end of the day, if you make the field, I feel like that's a great accomplishment. And I know that we've sent guys home and, and I don't like sending guys home and, and I will never be comfortable with that because I want everybody in the race to have a good time. So that's why we run the LCQ is hopefully those guys that they're at least getting to race something, even though it might not make it into the main event. Uh, they got to race something and hopefully had a good time and, and just keep everybody happy and, and showing up. But um, I really appreciate you guys taking the time to come out and chat tonight. You guys are welcome in the chairs anytime. Uh, I really uh, appreciate you guys. Hope everybody out there listening enjoyed it and got some insightful stuff. And uh, our next show, we're going to have Richard Orr uh, from the Western Super Series coming in uh, to talk about what they got going on over there. Their next race is Richmond, uh, which will be in two weeks' time, the week after Thanksgiving. So we'll talk to Rich and uh, see what other cast of characters we can get. But I really appreciate you guys coming out. Cody, um, thank you for, for stopping in and and uh, taking time from your celebration from last night's uh, big win. And uh, you're three points behind Bill and uh, 48 points above the chase cut line right now.
Yeah, no, appreciate you guys having us. Like I said, we look forward to an awesome season. It's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of talent in this league. Al, you do a great job putting on the show every week. KR, the broadcasts are awesome. I love going back and watching you guys just yell, Cody McCoy took the lead. Don't happen that much, but I'll take what I can get. <laughs> but uh, I appreciate you guys having us on tonight. Uh, this was really cool and a lot of fun. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, we've been trying to get me on for a while now. It's just uh, schedules and everything don't always work out, but tonight was a beautiful chance, and we took it. And, man, thank you very much. Yeah, no, I really appreciate you guys taking the time uh, to come in and chat. And uh, hopefully, and I'd like to thank the listeners out there listening to the podcast. Give us a like and a follow on there. Um you know, really take to take time to listen or, or, you know, roll through it a little bit and hit bits and pieces of it. Hopefully they're enjoying it. But uh, from the pits, I'm Al Smith, K.R. Stolfus, and Cody McCauley. We'll see you guys at the racetrack in two weeks, and uh, we'll see you at the next time in the pits. For more of what you have just experienced, join us here, same time, same place, next week. Yeah, that's all, folks.